Hey, well, good morning. You guys get me again. Just uh, marry a pastor, and then he'll get sick, and then tell you you got to preach. Actually, he um, is super sick on Friday, like really sick, aches, chills, fever. And I was like, ah, he'll be fine. He'll just take some Advil and then be better by Saturday. And then Saturday, I, I woke up with a word on my heart. But I was like, nah, he'll be good. So I was like, babe, how you feeling? He's like, oh. And it was like, it, his symptoms had even like grown worse. He was like now a sore throat. He had to go to urgent care to get some medicine for a strep throat. Um, so anyways, he is super sick. And um, so about like, I don't know, 11, I waited till the last minute. I'm like, you want me to preach? And he's like, yes. So here I am. <laughs> um, so with that being said, uh, we're going to deviate a little bit from our sermon series. We're going to finish it off next week. We'll finish James, the book of James, next week. And then the week after is we're going we're gonna to be starting our Christmas season, which, by the way, can you believe Christmas is like already. I see Facebook, people already putting up their Christmas trees. I feel like it's earlier than ever this year. Has anybody noticed that? I kind of have the urge to though. I don't know. It's kind of weird. But anyways, last week I did announcements and uh, I, you know, I have to do announcements every now and then. So I did announcements and I was on my uh, Facebook and I was scrolling and I was kind of looking through um, the different things. This was probably like on Monday after the Sunday that I did announcements and there was this you know, hilarious. Well, this comedian thought he was hilarious and he was making fun of everybody who says, can you believe it's November? And he's like, like everybody says that, like, can you believe it's November? Like nobody says, can you believe it's April? Can you believe it's June? It's like, there's something about November that everybody starts looking at each other and starts thinking, can you believe it's November? And then I was like, I said that ye like yesterday on my announcements that I got up here in front of everybody. He's like, can you believe it's November and I think that I think I started thinking about it because he was making fun of people so bad for saying it and I was like well, I think I think people you know they start to say like oh my gosh it's November because they got to get ready for Thanksgiving which is in November but then like what's like right after Thanksgiving, it's Christmas, and we're like, oh shoot, we gotta get our, our uh, you know, presents all ready. I know some of you are like so organized and you already got your list, you're working on your list and you've been stashing presents all year. Um, that's like not me, I'm like, ah, Walmart the night before, freaking out. Uh, I start to stress out in September when I see all the Christmas wrappings at Costco. Um, but we start to look at each other and say, oh my gosh, it's November because Christmas is right around the corner. But another reason why I think we start to look at each other and say, oh my gosh, it's November, is because we start to evaluate, like, it's almost the end of the year. Like, a few more weeks and we're done with 2019 and we're on to a new year. And it kind of starts making us contemplate and evaluate, is this just me or is it like, okay, I think I can lose 20 pounds in three weeks. I can still make my, my New Year's resolution. I can do that, you know, if I, you know, work out really hard and starve myself, maybe. Um, but we start to think about all the different, uh, maybe the, the different, um, even the other day my husband's like, we should get out our, our like, our prayers for the new year. We don't make resolutions, we make prayers, like New Year's prayers. I would hope that the Lord would do this in my life or do that in my life. He's like, let's get that out and look at it. I'm like, oh, I'm afraid to <laughs> look at, um, yeah. But I think that when we evaluate our, our season, it kind of puts a reality of time. Um, today, 
It's November. Can you believe it's November? We're heading to Christmas. We've been in the book of James, but today, in light of everything, in light of my husband being sick, in light of all the different devastations that have happened this week alone, we're gonna just take time uh, and holy pause. Do a holy pause and allow the Lord that in our grief and in our hardship, and we all have different things. I'm talking about big devastations in people's lives, but I'm sure that I, as I'm talking about something in your life that's hard, you probably, there's something on the forefront of your mind and that we can just take a moment to pause, take a break for whatever reason, the, the way this week has lined up and just rest in the Lord and allow him to encourage us. I think for me personally, this week has been absolutely devastating to wake up on Thursday morning from texts from my mom saying, did you hear about what's happening at Saugus High School? Saugus High School is in my hometown where I grew up. It is the, like my competition school right across the valley. It is right around the corner from my brother's house. It is like two blocks away from my brother's kid's school where they were dropped off by their mom and they were told, run to your class. There's still an active shooter, run. And their mom was like, oh, I'm not leaving my kids here. So she took her kids with her home. My best friend from high school teaches at Saugus High School. Santa Clarita is known as like awesome town. It's known as the, you know, safest city in America. And all those assumptions just came crumbling. So heartbreaking to hear that five were injured, that two were killed and the shooter took his life. That what we talked about a couple weeks ago, when I spoke about what James says, nothing is guaranteed, that life is temporary, that every moment, every day is a gift. I'm reminded of Sammy that just yesterday, at this time, 24 hours ago, she was fine and she collapsed at 1.30 in the afternoon. But she's not the same. That in a moment, that whole family's world came crashing down. Well, to be with them in the hospital and to be with the family and to hear their moanings and groanings, but also their songs. They were singing over their daughter. Worship songs the Lord put on their heart, they started singing. Life is fragile, it's precious, it's temporary, it's but a breath, like a vapor, James says, it's over in a moment. And we learned to say a couple weeks ago, like, don't make plans, don't be so proud. They're like, oh yeah, I'm going on vacation next week and uh, I'm gonna do this and that. No, if the Lord wills that we learn to be a people as if the Lord wills. If the Lord wills, I live till tomorrow, then I will do this. And I think when, when stuff like this happens, it makes us slow down and contemplate and say like, oh Jesus, like forgive me for being so proud and boastful and just taking some days for granted. But I got good news for you guys that we can be refreshed today. We can be refreshed by an awesome God. And that word awesome 
should only be reserved for God. Not, you know, oh, did you try those cookies in the back? They're so awesome. Cookies are not awesome. Things aren't awesome. Only God is awesome. And that our awesome God, in a season like this, in a moment like this, that our awesome God can actually breathe hope and refreshment and encouragement to our, our bodies and our lives in these devastating seasons. I think in 2016, as I was kind of contemplating and putting this message together, I was reminded, I think that as I look back and did my near, you know, future, or the, I mean, past and my near past, I think one of the most devastating seasons in my life was um, the year 2016 and all the different trials and the things that God had me go through. And the crazy thing is I, I didn't even realize um, that I had been in a fog. Like, I, I love Jesus. I worship him with, like, what you see, you know, up here is kind of like me regularly on a regular day. Like, even I have this friend who, uh, he drives trash trucks. He's like, it's true, Renee. You really sing like that in your car. I'm like, I know. Like, I just, I love to worship Jesus. Um, I, I love to read the Bible. I love to pray. I love the fellowship of the believers. Like, I walk with the Lord. But 2016 was different. It was super heavy. It was super hard. And I didn't realize what a fog I had been in, what a rut I had been in. I remember sitting over my sink and I was cutting an onion, of all things, an onion. And I, uh, I thought, I love this. I love to cook. I love to uh, create food and prepare food, like delicious food for my family. Like, I love that. Um, but I haven't loved it. I forgot. Like, as I'm sitting cutting onions, the Lord reminds me, like, you love this. I was like, I've been in such a fog and such a daze that I didn't even remember or enjoy the things that I usually enjoy. It wasn't until my mom came, she, she moved here to help us with the, the church and she lived with us for a season and it wasn't until she came and started lifting burdens, lifting burdens, helping with the baby, helping with the dishes, helping with the house, helping with the boys, lifting burdens lifting burdens and as the burdens were lifted is when I realized that I was in that fog and that my burdens were being lifted but I was in a season that I didn't even know it and maybe you're in that place today maybe you're paralyzed by discouragement or fear or hopelessness but God wants to lift your burdens he wants to do it now he wants to do it today he wants to do for you what you cannot do for yourself, and that is the gospel. You cannot save yourself. You cannot rescue yourself. You can't free yourself. You need God to rescue you, to lift those burdens, to do for you what you cannot do for yourself, and that is the gospel. Amen? 
We're going to read our scripture today. We're just going to spend some time in Isaiah reflecting and just kind of looking at the different um, verses in there. So would you stand with me as we read God's word? Um, the main portion of our reading is going to be Isaiah 40, 28 through 31. And this is probably uh, one of my most favorite passages of scripture. I love the promises of the Lord. And so we're going to start out with this. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and he increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those whose hope is in the Lord, they will renew their strength and they will soar on wings like eagles and they will run and not grow weary and they will walk and not be faint. Hallelujah, that is the word of the Lord and that is the promise for you today. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you God for your words. We thank you God that you promise a time of refreshing and encouragement. Lord, not later, but now, that our, our, our strength can come now, our rest can come now, that you will lift our burdens now. And so, Lord, as we dig into your scripture, Lord, I pray, God, that your words um, would just flow through me, and Lord, that we would uh, uh, have understanding and wisdom as we listen and we would receive and we'd be freed up today, that burdens would be lifted today, right now, in Jesus' name. Lord, we love you, we invite you into this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. I think that, you know, with the coming of the new year, when we think of November, I think, you know, we're thinking, ah, oh, I think a lot of times in a message like this, especially since I talked about November and all that, we could say, oh, I'll just wait till January. That's a good time to start. That's a good time to get spiritually renewed. That's a good time to spiritually grow. I'll start then. Start now. Start pursuing God's healing and wholeness and burden lifted right now. Amen. Amen. So here's a brief outline. We're going to kind of go through some, I'm just going to whiz through this really quickly. I would pray and ask and hope, go home this week and pray through, read through Isaiah chapter 40 on your own and see what the Lord would minister to you because this is what the Lord has ministered to me. But it's so awesome when you get in God's word and he brings things to life for you. These promises are for you. Amen. So we see in Isaiah um, chapter 40, verses 1 and 11, we see that our God is a comforting Lord, that through uh, chapter um, verses 1 through 11, he illustrates that he is a God of all comforts, that he is a God who wants to bring you comfort. We see that he comforts us through hardships, so that's like outside things. And then we also see that he comforts us from our, the consequence of our own sin. How many of us are like in a a mess right now because it's our mess that we created for ourselves and like oh like we gotta work you know God says comfort for you whether you've put yourself in that mess or just outside situations put you into it um, the next one we see the incomparable Lord that God's like, I, there's nothing that compares to me. So once he says, I'm here to comfort you, then he says, this is who I am and nothing compares to me. He says, I am Lord of creation and I'm Lord over it. 
Like I made it all, I did it all. And again, we're gonna get into that a little bit more. And then the next section, we're gonna see that our God is a dependable Lord, that we can depend on him to give us comfort. We know that he's created the whole world. There's no one like him and that we can depend on him, that God gives strength to his people and that God actually renews his people. So let's jump down to Isaiah 40. I'm just gonna give you a couple of observations. 40, um, verse one and two. And the main point here is that God is leveling the field to get to you. We see your comfort, this is verse one. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed and her sin has been paid for and that she has received from the Lord's hand a double for all of her sin. And so that this morning when it says, speak tenderly to Jerusalem, Jerusalem is like Israel, God's people. So we can kind of say, speak tenderly to God's people. Speaking tenderly and proclaim to her that her heart service has been completed. That God is saying these outside things have happened to you, these hardships have happened to you, and I'm speaking tenderly to you, and I'm comforting you. And then we see here, I love this next part. It says, tell her that, oh, sorry, back one, sorry. Tell her that her sins have been paid for. This is like the stuff, the mess that you've got yourself in, the, the struggle, the hardship, God's saying, it's paid. Like some of us have some debt in here. Can you imagine if some really rich person said, it's paid? You'd be like, that lifted so much. And that's what Jesus does with your sin. Not only does he comfort you for the calamity and the tragedies and all the different things, but then he said, dude, your sin is taken care of. That thing that overwhelms you, paid, paid in full. We see in verse three and four, that there's a voice in the wilderness saying, prepare the way of the Lord. We know that that's a foretaste of John the Baptist, right? But then I love this verse, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley should be raised up, every mountain be made low, and the rough ground should become level, and the rugged plain, places plain. That God is saying here that he is leveling the field, that he's bringing up the valleys, he's bringing down the mountains, and he's leveling the field to get to you, to send his comfort to you. He wants to rush his comfort to you this morning. Can we, um, well, actually, uh, we had a chance, I'm going to stop right here. We had a chance to uh, go on a trip of a lifetime last year. We went to Israel uh, with our church family and it was pretty amazing. How many birds are in here, you guys? <laughs> I was going to say, it's like the Holy Spirit. They will be okay. We'll just focus, focus. Uh, bird, bird. <laughs> okay. Um, we got a chance to go to Israel and, and, <laughs> During that trip, uh, we went to Petra, and that's not in Israel, but we went to Petra, and it was like, as we were driving there, it took hours to get there, maybe like a couple hours, and as we're driving there, we're in the country of Jordan, and our tour guide was like, okay, all right, do you see those, 
you see those mountains? That's where we're going. It was so far in the distance. And then he's like, do you see the clouds? Do you, those aren't normal. That's really bad. That means like a flood could happen. Like, I'm just really nervous that we won't eat. So he was kind of scared. And we're like, well, what's going to happen if that, like, seriously, we'll call civil defense. Like, it could be bad. And so we made it there. It was like not really rain yet, but there was signs of rain. And uh, our tour guide's like, please, just stay with me. No stopping. No looking at any of the tour. We're going to go there and come back, like hightail it back. As we were walking down to the city of Petra, um, the water levels began to rise. And so we're walking in about maybe like an inch or so, or two, couple inches of water. So we walk down, take our pictures and hightail it up. Um, by the time we get back to our bus, the waters had broke. Uh, we're gonna watch just a brief news clip and you can kind of see how aggressive and fast like these floodgates had opened. So let's take a look. Okay, this was like something that was super like, um, kind of like scary, but more like awe. You were like in awe that you were part of it. Like, I can't believe this is happening because this never happens. And then like, oh, I can't believe this is happening. Okay, so I, I think they said, oh, the city handled the flood very well. I did not experience that. Maybe they thought they did, but I think we were on a, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so we were on these huge, big commercial buses and all the roads were blocked and all the roads were closed. And then like through his fancy driving, he was able to get us through some really kind of sketchy back way, you know, road. And I think our wheel kind of slid off one. It was like, oh my gosh. Um, I think a, like one of our buses might've gotten, like didn't get the same road that we did. Okay, so let me get to the point. You saw that water, you saw the rush. It was like, it just happened. Like, boom, the water is there. Now I said that we had come from two hours away. Like it took us hours to get there and then we had hours to travel back. And we were traveling back through the flatlands on the desert. And as we were traveling back the same road, there was streams of rushing fast water that was not there before and that the, the, from the floods and from the water, it was so powerful and so fast and that it could get to the flatlands and on the flatlands, it rushes because the level, the field is level. That is how God rushes to you. That he's making things level and he's saying, I am sending my help, I'm sending my comfort and I wanna rush it to you that you don't have to go through this life hurting and broken and in sorrow, but God wants to rush. That it says here that he's making the mountains level. He's bringing up the valleys. It's like a highway in the desert. And if you are live anywhere ever, have lived near the desert, you can drive fast in the desert. That God is making a highway in the desert to get to your heart, to give you comfort, amen? Amen. We see in verse 10 and 11 that we see the two arms of God. We can see the sovereign Lord comes with power and he rules with mighty arm. See his reward is with him and his recompense accompanies him. And he tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those who have young. You see, we see the two arms of God here. We see that God is mighty and power and he's just. And then we see that he's grace and he's tender and he's loving. 
I think a lot of times in the church, we lean toward one way or the other. Like we're all about the ju- like a just God and rules. And you gotta be, you know, do you guys, you know what I'm talking about? We have churches like that, but then we have other churches on the other side of the pen like, oh, it's all good. You just gotta love and grace and grace and grace. But we would say that God is both, that he can both be just and holy, and he can also be gracious and tender. Amen. Um, we see this. I love that where it talks about um, he is a shepherd and he gathers the lambs in his heart and carries them close to his heart. That the Lord would call you his lamb and then he says, I'm holding you close to my heart. Now, I've never seen a shepherd or a picture of a shepherd of like multiple sheep and the shepherd's like trying to hold them. You always see one lamb and the shepherd is holding one lamb at a time. And that his heart for you is, I wanna hold you, little lamb, my little child. I wanna hold you close. And then I love this. It says, and he gently leads those that have young. There's a special place in his heart for the mothers, those that are just giving birth, those that need a little extra tender, loving care. He's holding, he's holding you mamas close that feel overwhelmed and overburdened. He's like, I got you. I got you, mama. I'm holding you. We see in Psalms 34, 17, that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted that don't think for a minute that what we've prayed about today, that the Lim family is not experiencing God's closeness like never before, at a depth like never before, that God is holding them so close. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears them and he delivers them from all their trouble and that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. We know that life is temporary, but God's word stands forever. And we see this in, in 6 verse 8, that all people are like grass and their faithfulness is like flowers of the field and the grass withers away and the flowers fall. But because of the breath of the Lord blows on them, surely the people are grass and the grass withers and the flowers fall. But the word of our God endures forever. So what we talked about in James a couple of weeks ago, that life is precious, life is fragile. If the Lord wills, tomorrow's not guaranteed. Here in Isaiah saying the same thing, like your life, men, your like grass women okay you can be flowers but it's still temporary and it's blowing in the wind but the only thing that stands forever is God's Word and that thousands of years ago that we still have God's words and God's promises and as I was studying this I was struck with this and that's in Isaiah 55 11 and that verse says so when my word goes out of my mouth It will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish the purpose that I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Okay, a lot of times if you've been like kind of born and raised in the church and you've been around uh, church things, you will hear like God's word does not go back void. Has anybody ever heard that? So maybe um, nobody raised their hand. Okay, I'll explain it. I will explain it. Okay, three people, good. 
a lot of times, like maybe if we're in an evangelistic like setting, like I'm telling my friend about Jesus who doesn't know anything about Jesus and I'm kind of like, oh, oh, eh, for God so loved the, the, the world um, that he gave his only begotten son and uh, yeah. So like if you believe in him, you won't perish but have eternal life. I'm like, oh, I blew that up. I totally, you know, and you kind of like go and you talk to your other Christian friend. You're like, oh my gosh, my coworker asked me this question. And I, I felt so stupid. All I knew was like, John John 3.16 and I didn't even say that right. And then your coworker, if they were a good Christian, they would say, God's word does not come back void. Meaning when you speak God's promises, it's gonna do something in their hearts. Like even if you don't see it, like God, that's God's word. So God's word does not come back void. And that's how I've always understood this particular scripture, that God's word does not come back void. And I've thought of it from an evangelistic standpoint. I feel like the Lord has kind of like told, like revealed to me, like Renee, my word does not go back void in your life. The things I have promised you and the promises I've made with you and the covenant that I've made with Israel, that will not return to me void. I will do what I said I will do. I will accomplish what I said I will accomplish. That we can listen in faith today in God's word and know that, hey, God's comfort, God's joy, God's peace, his strength is for me today because God's word does not uh, return to us void. Amen? God wants to remind us of how big he is. In Isaiah uh, 12 and 25, these verses, we see measurable words for an immeasurable God. I, I really hope and pray you guys can go home and read through this, but we see measurable words for an immeasurable God. God is trying to tell our finite minds how big he is. He says, I've got comfort for you. I've got strength for you and it's coming fast and I'm humongous, like I'm bigger than you could ever imagine. And he says, I, got, I can hold all of the waters of the whole earth in the hollow of my hand. That's something that we can measure. So God is so big, pff, this is the water. God is so big that the, the, all of the earth's dust is just can fit in a little basket. And this is what it says in the scriptures, that the mountains could be put on a scale that all the nations are just but a drop of water in a large bucket. That the islands, the islands are actually mentioned, and of course we live on the islands, so I always like perk up when I hear stuff about the islands. It says the islands are like dust. That these islands are like dust to God. That the, the cedars and the ginormous trees of Lebanon, if you were to like burn them all to like offer a sacrifice, an altar to God, is that that's not even big enough. I'm so big. You can't even measure me, but he gives, he tries to give us a point uh, and he says, who can compare? And we see this a lot in the Old Testament. Who is like our God? Who is like our God? Who is like him? No one, no one is like our God. Um, and so that's what we see here in this portion of Isaiah. God sees, do not complain. We see this in 27 and 28. It says, why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord and my right hand is regarded by God? God sees, he does not disregard where you're at. He does not overlook where you're at, even though man might have overlooked you, even though you may feel forgotten, this says, do not complain, 
And don't say, my way is hidden. God doesn't know, he doesn't have regard. God sees and he knows. And what is the answer to that? The answer is verse 28. Do you not know, have you not heard that the Lord God is everlasting, the creator of the ends of the earth? That our God is a big God and he wants your perspective to change. And when our perspective is right, like our God is so big and so amazing, so awesome. Like who am I to complain? Um, God is inexhaustible. His strength is inexhaustible. He will not grow tired or weary. His understanding no one can fathom. Is anyone tired? Is anyone weary? Is anyone overwhelmed? God does not grow tired. He's the source, the living water that will never, ever run dry. He never grows tired or worry. God's strength and energy are limitless and they are inexhaustible. Verse 29, he gives strength to the weary. Those who are feeling weary, he gives strength to the weary. He increases power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. I love that verse, young men stumble and fall, because I'm reminded of my son Judah, who's 13. He's like this little man child. He's almost like, his head is like to my head, even though he's not bigger than me yet, and he's freakishly strong. And he's got mounds and mounds of energy. And uh, just yesterday, he's like in the house, like, I'm like, stop. And he just keeps like doing it. And he's like, yogurt dance, yogurt dance. And he's like annoying everybody. I was like, son, get the leash, walk the dog, run the dog, go around the house. I had to like kick him out of the house because he was like bubbling with all this energy. I'm like, he, he needs to burn it. And from like day one, since he was a baby, he had so much energy and so much life, which I totally get. If you can't tell, I have like a lot of that in me too. Um, but I was like, oh my gosh. But I love this, this scripture that we think like, oh, I'm young, I'm good, I'm strong, I, I, I got it. Uh, when I can look at my son and say like, he's young, he's a youth. But even youth, the Bible says that even youth, even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. And if you look around at this generation today, like our youth are tired and weary and broken and heavy hearted and they're dealing with a lot. The Bible's true for them too, that, that God wants to refresh and restore and renew your youth. I'm talking about your kids not your youth. <laughs> boom, boom, okay, um, sorry. God's promise um, for those who hope in him. So here's your promise for you today. Those who hope in the Lord, in other versions it say, those that wait on the Lord. Those that wait in the Lord will renew their strength and they will soar on wings like eagles and they will run and not grow weary and they will walk and not be faint. That God wants to renew your strength and he compares it to an eagle. The eagle is like the most powerful, fast, like 
bird, when we think of that, it's like filled with vigor and speed and it's like this ability to soar that God is saying, I want to do this for you. I don't want you to like stumble through life. I want you to soar. I want to renew your strength so that you can soar. I want you to run and walk and not be weary and not be faint. In Psalm 46.10, it says, be still and know that I am God. Because sometimes we just have to stop and be still and let God do what he needs to do in our lives. Cease striving. I feel like some of us have gotten ourselves in a rut and we're like working to get it out like you're in quicksand and what happens when you keep striving and you keep working and you keep trying and you keep, and this is where a lot of us are. God says, stop, be still and know that I am God and I'm ready to rescue and I'm ready to pull and I'm ready to renew your strength. Stop striving, be still and know that he is God. And finally, Acts 319. And this is for all of us that we should repent so that times of refreshing. Repent, then turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out and that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. That sometimes just laying before the Lord and saying, man, Lord, I've I messed up and I need you to forgive me and I repent, I turn from these things. Lord, I need your refreshing to come right now and fill me up. You can have a refreshing to, to, you can have a refreshing today. Change the way you've looked at things. God is a big God. Let him be God. Let him fill you. Let him refresh you. So we're going to pray right now. If you would um, bow your heads and close your eyes, I want to pray for you. One, I feel like there might be three kinds of people. Maybe you're just, your perspective needs to be, be changed. Like recognizing the greatness and the bigness of who God is. Two, maybe um, you're overwhelmed by some of the messes that you've got yourself into. And God wants to rescue you. He wants to renew your strength. And maybe today you're just feeling discouraged. Or you're battling with stuff that like is out of your control. Maybe there's been some hopelessness. Maybe there's been some doubt. I want to pray for you. So if any of that resonates with you, I would just ask that maybe you just open your hands to the Lord. Just It just can be between you and Him. Just like, an, like out before you. Lord, I... Um, Lord, I thank you that your promise and your word is true. Lord, that you are a God who wants to rush. Send a swift, you're leveling, you're leveling, leveling the field to get to us. Lord, you see our hearts and you see our hands that are open right now. And I pray, God, that you would rush to bring comfort. That you would rush to bring a peace that surpasses all understanding. Lord, that you would rush to our aid right now in Jesus' name, that you would change our perspective, Lord. Maybe we've had low thinking and we're not thinking on higher things. We're not thinking about you, Lord. We're not thinking on your greatness and your bigness. Lord, remind us, 
rekindle that fire that you are a great God and that no one compares, no one even comes close, no one is beside you. Lord, no one competes with you. You are God, you are king, you are ruler. And so, Lord, I pray right now that you would change people's perspective right now in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray right now a refreshing and a refilling and a renewing of strength that as we wait on you, as as we sit here, Lord, I pray, God, that you would rescue us and that you would do, Lord, only what you can do. Those that wait on the Lord will renew their strength, that will mount up with wings as eagles, Lord, that you've called us to soar. Lord, that we're gonna walk and not be weary and we're gonna, we're gonna run and not grow faint, Lord. I pray that right now in Jesus' name that you would come and come swiftly. So Lord, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your words that I do not go back void, that you, you are still working this promise in our lives today, that the promises for me are yes and amen. So, Lord, we love you, we praise you, we thank you uh, for your goodness, for your grace, for your mercy. Um, Lord, we give this holiday season and the end of, our, of this year to you. We commit that to you. Let us not be overwhelmed and overstressed or burdened with the things, but just let us enjoy your, your gift of your son. So, Lord, we love you, we praise you, we worship you, we adore you. In Jesus' holy name we pray. And God's people said, amen.